This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Shelley Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. He doesn't let me very often. I tell him I'll speak anytime you want, but he likes to speak. Y'all know that? His, all his pastor friends, they all take time off, and they bring guest speakers in, and they let other people speak, and he just doesn't like those, that time off. He likes to study and pray, and he just gets in his groove, and that's good. That's what we, our staff really lets him. We try to shoulder everything else so that he can pray and he can preach, but every once in a while, I get the opportunity too, so that's good. You know, after Thanksgiving... When I talked to people and I, I asked about their Thanksgiving, you know, kind of a common theme that I heard from people was about family. And I either heard going into it or coming out of it things like, my family's kind of crazy, or I don't want to be around my family, or my family's too much, or I'm really stressed out about it. And um, when I started praying about what to speak on, I really felt in my heart the Lord wanted me to, to talk about family. And, you know, we're going into just finished Thanksgiving, and we got a few weeks, and then we go into Christmas, and then we go into New Year's, and a lot of you are going to be spending some pretty extended time with family. That can be a really good thing, but it also can be a very trying thing. So I'm going to talk tonight about the season of family and some things that we can do as believers um, to help our family. So the first thing that I want to talk to you about, the very best thing you can do, number one, is pray for your family. And, oh, I forgot to ask this. If you did not get a note sheet, raise your hand up, and our ushers have these. The reason I have this is so that you can remember, and you can go back. You have the scriptures on here, and you can write, write additional notes. I only put the basic things on here, and I already saw there was one typo on here, which makes me mad. But uh, y'all forgive me for that one. It's on the back. Don't even worry about it. Some of you may not see it. All right, so get ready. You're going to take notes on this. So number one, pray for your family. Our first responsibility to our family is to pray. This is the best thing that you can do for them. I'm going to go through some scriptures that talk about this. First Timothy, if you have your Bible, turn to First Timothy chapter 2. First Timothy chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse 1. It says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. You could write in there, pray for my family. Pray for all my family. And here's what you pray. Ask God to help them. Any of your families need help? No, it's just my family that needs help? Do you, any of your family members need help? <laughs> Dear Jesus, help, help my family. Okay, here's God's telling us. Pray for God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. We need to be thankful that God has given us family. Sometimes we're not so thankful, but we need to be thankful Okay, then I want to look at a story in Exodus chapter 32. So flip over to Exodus chapter 32. 
And I'm going to get to that blank in just a moment, and we're going to fill that in. I want to tell you about this story in Exodus chapter 32. Um, This is the story where Moses was on the mountain. Remember, God told him to come up. This was uh, when they had gone out into the wilderness, and the Lord took Moses up on the mountain, and he was giving him the Ten Commandments. And while he was up there, the people thought he was gone too long, and so they decided to take matters in their own hands, and they decided to make their own God. Instead of waiting for Moses to come back down, and give instructions from God, they said, no, that we don't want to wait anymore. We're going to make our own God. And remember what ridiculous thing they did? They all took off their earrings and their bracelets, and they melted it all down and made this golden calf. One of the dumbest stories ever. Every time I read it, I'm like, what is wrong with them? But yet we do some of those same things. Okay, so they made a very, very bad choice. And guess what, God? Did he say, oh, it's okay. Do you remember when Moses came back down? In fact, it was before he even got down, the Lord said, get down there. Because I'm fixing to destroy those people. God was very, very angry with them. And consequences were coming in their lives. But guess what Moses did? For the family of God that that was there, he interceded on their behalf and he prayed for them. And guess what God did? Let's look at this. Moses, or Moses. Let's look at Exodus chapter 32. And we're going to look at verse 14. This is the very end after God has said what he's going to do. He is going to destroy them. He did not want them as a people. And Moses prayed And this is what happened. It says, so the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he had threatened to bring on his people. On your note sheet, our prayers can change situations. Our prayers can change situations. The Lord changed his mind here because a believer prayed. And we can change the course of our families' lives by praying for them. This really gets to me. Because I have family members that have made some really terrible choices in their lives. There were five five siblings in my family, and we've lost my second sister. And she made some very, very, very bad choices in her life. She left home at 15 years old. And never went back. And you can name just about any bad choice. And she did that. And there were a lot of consequences that came in her life. But for over 32 years, I prayed for her. And I prayed for her. And it broke my heart to watch her walk down a path of brokenness. Drugs, alcohol, crazy relationships, all kinds of abuse in her life. And I kept praying and praying and interceding on her behalf. And I will tell you, before she went to be with Jesus, which is two years ago um, in December, she rededicated her life to the Lord. And I know she's in heaven now. And so our prayers, our prayers can change our family. Our prayers, it makes a difference when we pray. Just like God, he changed his mind because of one man's prayers. We can, we can stop the course, and I'm not saying not, no consequences are going to come into their life, 
But our prayers and interceding on the behalf of our family can make a big difference. So you may say, what do we pray? I got a couple of scriptures that are very good. Here are some specific prayers you can pray over your family. Um, The Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he wrote some books to the churches. He wrote to the churches at at Philippi and at Ephesus and uh, Thessalonica. He wrote to all of these churches. And I love at the very beginning of these books, which were actually letters, he prayed some prayers over them. And what I have done for many, many years is I've taken these same prayers that Paul prayed and I have inserted my name, I have inserted my family members' names and other people I've prayed for. So here's the first example. Ephesians chapter 1, this is verses 15 through 19. This is what Paul prayed. He said, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Verse 19, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. So here's how you take it and make it a prayer for your family. You, you, you can just read along. You can have this in your Bible. Highlight these scriptures and you can say, verse 16, you can say, Father, I thank you for um, my mom. I pray for her constantly and I ask you, God, to give her spiritual wisdom and insight so that she can grow in the knowledge of God. Father, I pray that you flood her heart with light and that she would understand the confident hope that you've given to her, God, that she, you have called her. Father, I pray that you give her, um, help her to understand the greatness of your power. Y'all see how you're turning that scripture into a prayer for your family. All right, let's look at the second one, Philippians. Go to the next book, Philippians chapter 1. Another prayer that Paul wrote to one of the churches, the church at Philippi. And this is what he said. Verse 6, and then we're going to skip to verses 9 through 11. Verse 6, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Verse 9, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. So let's take this and turn it into a prayer. This time, we'll pray it over our child. Anybody in here have a prodigal child? You have an adult child or a teenage child that they're doing their own thing right now. These are really good prayers for that. I've used them. 
So we would say, Father, I thank you that you have begun the good work in my son. Father, I thank you that you will continue that work until it is finally finished when Christ returns. Father, I pray that my son's love would, or that your love would overflow more and more on my son, and that he would keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Father, I pray, God, that he would understand what really matters, and that he would live a pure and blameless life. Father, I pray that you would fill him with the fruit of your salvation and build righteous character in his life and that he would give much glory and praise to God. Okay, third prayer I want to show you, Colossians. Paul wrote this to the believers in, was it, is it Coloss? I always want to say Colossus. But in the, the believers, the city of Coloss, he wrote Colossians, this book. So here's his prayer, verses 9 through 12 of Colossians 1. It says, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have the, all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. So this example, let's take our brother, okay, or a sister. We can say, God, I pray, God, every time I think about my brother, I ask you to give him complete knowledge of your will and to give him spiritual wisdom and understanding. Father, I pray that the way he lives will always honor and please you, and his life will produce every kind of good fruit. Father, I pray that um, he will grow as he learns to know you more and more, better and better. Father, I also pray that he would be strengthened with all of your glorious power so he will have all the endurance and patience that he needs. And Father, I pray he would be filled with joy, always thanking you. There are so many scriptures you can take and pray for your family. These are only three that I'm giving to you. There's different ones. When you come across a scripture in your Bible, I hope you know you can write in your Bible right? In fact, I just ordered a journaling Bible because I love my Bible and it's small and it's real portable, but it's not easy to write in it. And I want, I like what Matt said. He said how he writes notes in his Bible. I want to have notes in there. I have a one-year Bible that I read every day. And in there, when I find something, I'll write in there my son's name, Austin. And I'll write that on there because that's something I'm going to pray for him. We need to, this is our word, this is our instruction manual, and this is where we get our prayers from. And sometimes people are like, I don't really know what to pray or the words. Here's the words. Here's the words. And, and sometimes maybe you need to get a little note card and write it out. If you're not real good with words, write out a prayer. A prayer is a prayer. It doesn't matter if it's written, if it's from your heart, even if it's just, God, help him. Help her. Lord, pour out yourself on them. Whatever it is, God honors it. Our prayers change our family. So that's the most important thing. Number two on your notes. 
Number two, speak life over your family. Speak life over your family. Have a question for you. If you're not speaking life over your family, who is? Do you think the world is going to speak life over them? They're not. Do you think, parents, that the schools are speaking life over your kids? They're blessed if they have a teacher who is. But I will tell you, I was a teacher for many years. And you know the things I would hear in the teacher's lounge? Things like, I can't believe so-and-so. They are so irritating or they're so dumb. I heard a lot of negativity and not all teachers. There are some great teachers out there. But if you're putting the job on the teacher that the parents should be doing, shame on you. It's your job to speak life over your children. Speak life over your spouse. How many of you are married? Lift up your hand. Your job is to speak life over your spouse. And I will tell you, if you don't take this opportunity to speak life over them and praise them and speak good things, the enemy will send some little foo-foo or some guy with smooth words to do that job for you. And there'll be a temptation. It's our job to speak life over our family. Scripture for you, Proverbs 18, 21. Proverbs 18, 21. In the New King James, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongues. Uh, I learned that many years ago. I like how it says it in the message. It says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. You choose. And when you're praying these prayers that we talked about, that's life. But it's also things like, and I can tell you, kids can be annoying. Kids can get on your last nerve. Husbands can irritate you. Wives, you can get tired of their nagging or whatever. But listen, we've got to speak life over them. Faith, remember, I know Stormy's been teaching you all on faith for uh, how many years, really? That's like the foundation of our church is faith. Faith is calling those things that are not right now as though you want them to be in the future. So if you're saying, man, they never do anything right, they're dumb, or my kid is, is just disobedient and they're so bad, guess what? You're speaking that into their life. We have got to be the ones that are speaking the good things, speaking what we want in faith to happen. So that's the second thing in this season of family is speak life over them. Number three, set healthy boundaries with and for your family. With and for your family. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, it says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Boundaries are guarding your heart. I will say, some of you, you're going to have to set some healthy boundaries because there are some very dysfunctional families out there. Some, all of us have family members that are dysfunctional. There is not one perfect family. Y'all know that. Do not ever look at our family and think, oh my gosh, they just have it all together. 
You may, and don't think that, especially about people on social media, because that's their highlights. They post the, the good pictures. They don't post all the bad stuff. They don't post all the arguments and the um, Christmas pictures that were not perfect, right? So we have to be very careful to guard our hearts and set boundaries around our lives that are healthy. And I said, um, I said, with your family and then those of you that are parents, sometimes you have to sell, set healthy boundaries for your children because they don't always know, especially teenagers who think they know everything, and they don't. And that's why you're their mama and you're their dad. And while they live under your roof, guess what? It's your rules, so I'll just be the mom, the church mom here today, okay? If you have teenagers, you don't give them the choice of coming to church. You're here. Why would they not be here? Our children knew. Whether they were serving the Lord, whether they were not serving the Lord, you were coming to church. You did not have an option. Unless they were, there was physical evidence of throwing up or a fever, they were coming to church. There was none of this, and, and again, my daughter's sitting back there. Y'all know Amanda. She's spoken before. She was involved in pretty much everything you could be involved in. She did sports year-round. She was in, in clubs and presidents of clubs, and Stormy and I both worked full-time. We both had jobs. Guess what? Wednesday nights, we were at church. In fact, we were there early because I worked with the teenagers in Clovis for 17 years, and I didn't give myself an option of whether I was going to serve or not. I didn't give myself an option if I was tired. That's what we did as a family. So we set boundaries. We're not going to have sports practices. We're not going to miss because of this. And I'm not telling y'all, again, you're the parent. You decide that, how you choose for your family. But I'm just saying, you must set the healthy boundaries. What do you want to see in your family and for your children? Now, some of you, healthy boundaries, they don't ever change the love you have for your family. Boundaries don't change the love. We, we can always love. We always honor our parents. But sometimes boundaries change how much time we spend with people and what that looks like. And I don't have any other more time to go over boundaries. How many of y'all were here in April? I spent two Wednesday nights talking about nothing but Healthy Boundaries, and there is a book that I highly recommend from Dr. Henry Cloud called Boundaries. You should read it. Every person should read it. The subtitle is When to Say Yes and How to Say No, and it's a foundational book. So that was our third point is set healthy boundaries with and for your family. Number four, be an example to your family. Be an example to your family. I have a question for you. How many of you got saved after spending some time um, in the world doing some not good things as far as Christianity? Anybody besides me? Uh, yes, I knew the Lord, uh, grew up in a Methodist church, but got almost zero teaching on serving the Lord. 
We had one good pastor, I remember, but they kept rotating him out. I think the Methodist church then was every four years. And I remember right when I was coming into faith, it was, I was 13, 12 or 13, and I did this uh, confirmation class they did. And they sprinkled us, got us in front of the church and sprinkled us. I really had a, a experience with the Lord, and I believe I gave my heart to Jesus, but had absolutely no word after that. So from that age till the age of 16, I went out and did my own thing. Dishonored my parents unbelievably. Did so many bad things. And that's all I knew. That's all my friends were doing. I didn't know any other Christians. I didn't know anyone. There was no one there encouraging me in my faith. But when I gave my heart back to Jesus, when I was 16 to 17, things changed. And, but yet, you know what happened with my family? They still saw me as that person back there. They still saw me as the one who had done these bad decisions back here. And it took me a lot of years to get past how my family saw me back there. So to be an example to our family, some of you, it's going to take some time. Because we've been an example of what not to do back here. And overnight, family, you know, they're the hardest to convince, right? Because they've seen you at your worst. And so we have to ask the Lord to help us to be that good example. Um, here's a scripture for you. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. This was some encouragement that Paul was giving to Timothy. He said, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. But be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. The Passion Translation says it like this. It says, don't be intimidated by those who are older than you. That could be older in age. That could also be older in spiritual growth. Don't be intimidated. Simply be the example they need to see, but they need to see by being faithful and true in all that you do. Speak the truth and live a life of purity and authentic love as you remain strong in your faith. So right there it's saying, you just, you just live this way. You just day by day. You may, what happens if you make a mistake? You need to go back and make that right. And some of you, you may have to go in, to your family and say, I'm sorry I did this. I'm sorry you saw me go out to the bar last weekend, and that's not who I am. I'm sorry you heard me cussing, you saw me smoking, you saw me, um, you know, drinking, whatever it is. You saw me talking ugly about this person. Sometimes we have to take some responsibility and That'll really say a lot to your family. But I will tell you, it's just the day by day by day you live your life. And a ch they can't, you guess what they can't argue with? A changed life. They can't argue with it. They may say, well, you're not who you say you are, but, but yet they can't argue with a changed life. And so it's you living that changed life in front of your family. So you know, on your paper, they should be able to see the changes that serving Jesus has done. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect, 
but that you are pursuing having a perfect heart with God. None of us are ever going to be perfect, but we're always pursuing having that perfect heart with God, wanting to please Him. Then the last thing tonight, number five, with our families in the season of family is enjoy your time with family. You never know how long you may have with your family, so you need to enjoy the todays you do have with them. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes was, was written by King Solomon at the end of his life he had made. He was the, the wisest man ever, but yet then even with all that wisdom, he made some really bad choices with women when it came to um, that part of his life. But when he got to the very end of his life, he wrote these things out, and there's still a lot of wisdom in them. And this was what he said. Ecclesiastes 5, verses 18 through 20. He said, after looking at the way things are on this earth, here's what I've decided is the best way to live. Take care of yourself, have a good time, and make the most of whatever job you have for as long as God gives you life. And that's about it. That's the human lot. Yes, we should make the most of what God gives, both the bounty and the capacity to enjoy it, accepting what's given and delighting in the work. It's God's gift. God deals out joy in the present, the now. It's useless to brood over how long we might live. You know, the past uh, about year and few months, I've seen quite a few people in this church lose a family member. Uh, one of my best friends, Brenda, her, we, she lost her husband, Dave. They were my neighbors for about 16 years, and Dave worked for us. And you know, uh, Adam Red lost his sweet wife in September. And then just this past week, David Gomez lost Vicky. And you know, it was like David said, I went and picked her up from work, and then she was gone that night. Listen, we have today. We have right now. And yes, sometimes our family make it on our last nerve, but you have today with them. And we need to enjoy the todays that we have. And if we have a tomorrow, rejoice in that tomorrow. And we need to be thankful I will tell you this, after having my dad and my sister die, you don't want to have any regrets. You don't. You want to, don't leave things unsaid that you should have said. You say that I love you. You say that I'm sorry. And you say that I'm glad that you're here with me. We all need to count our todays as a blessing. What God has given to you. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.